Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Your Podcaster Mind. I'm Sherry, and today I'm speaking with Al Cooley, the creative mind behind Ghosts in the Valley. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Al. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Sure. So why don't we get things started with a brief description of Ghosts in the Valley, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, well, probably about 20... <clears throat> 21 years ago, I, I did a, a documentary on true ghost, <clears throat> excuse me, on true ghost stories. So I put it out on DVD and VHS in 1998, and it uh, was pretty successful. And I said, why not a podcast on the, the same theme, you know, but uh, true ghosts. And when I say the uh, ghost in the valley, it was basically the Youngstown, Ohio, Northeastern Ohio area western pa but it's grown so much now valley could be where you live (laughs) you know everybody's valley yeah so was the documentary called ghost in the valley as well yeah it was uh ghost in the valley and same theme and everything it was in the uh, documentary is also on the podcast and basically based on uh, true ghost stories and that I traveled to, you know, numerous locations and hundreds of uh, ghost stories. So I had to pick six out of those hundred, you know, to be on the, the documentary. And since then, I mean, even the the podcast got so many ghost stories. So I'm, I'm pretty well uh, full with the ghost stories. <laughs> but I always look for new ones, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm familiar with the Cleveland and Youngstown area. I've, I've driven through quite a bit, and I had a friend that used to live in the Niles, Ohio area. So I'm familiar with with that uh, location. And I lived in northeastern Pennsylvania. So driving to Wisconsin, you know, Cleveland and, and Youngstown were were definitely stops along the way. So. <laughs> so. Oh, cool. So you know where I'm at then. <laughs> Yes, yes, basically I do. So uh, how did you get into the paranormal? What what compelled you to, to start that? What sparked your interest in, in into ghosts and the paranormal? I mean, I could start with probably me, like just being growing up and watching films like Poltergeist or the Amityville Horror, things like that. What uh, sparked your interest in that? Uh, <clears throat> I would say probably back... <clears throat> Excuse me. I say probably back in, uh, around 1968, I had my first experience uh, as a teenager. We moved into a home that was uh, uh, haunted, and of course, my my parents never believed my sister and I that the activity that was going on. And so years later, I thought, you know, why not do a a documentary? Well, I started my own video broadcasting, so why not do a uh, a documentary on because uh, I love editing and music and I put some together for Halloween. So it basically started for a Halloween project and that's what sparked my interest was uh, what happened earlier and then looking for ghost stories or spirits which led me into that direction. But before I did that I went to a clergy that I knew. I even from Catholic to Baptist and what they thought about me doing something like this you know or I've never done anything like that before. And I, I remember the priest telling me in the Catholic Church, you know, just be careful. Like he wasn't like he believed what I was saying, you know, but it was like just be careful you don't overstep where you're going. You know, there's a thin line between you know, the ghost and a, and a demon, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean that that's quite a hefty warning. There's a there's a show out called now called evil on that's on cbs and and it kind of begs to to give information on on religion and spirituality and whether or not there's evil whether it's through ghosts or paranormal or extra
exorcism. I thought that was an interesting show um, to to watch. I was raised Catholic as well, but now I'd probably consider myself more spiritual than religious. So Mm -hmm. I still believe in in good and bad, and also, you know, that there are other beings out there, whether (laughs) whether they're of alien form or ghostly form or, you know, paranormal. (laughs) What compelled you to start podcasting? You did the documentary, but what was it that said, hey, let me get into this medium? Well, it was kind of funny because, you know, a few years ago, my brother or my son-in-law had mentioned to me how I listened to a certain podcast, and I didn't even know what a podcast was. You know, it's like, uh, what is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so he's like, oh, it's like a radio show. It's like on the computer, on the internet. You know, you can pick it up off your phone or whatever. I thought, really, you know. So he says, yeah, it's on your, you go on your cell phone. I'm like, you know. So I, I started listening a couple of years ago, and I was like, you know, I could do something like this, you know, and. So I, when I first started out, it was like my actually my first podcast was uh, wasn't on Ghost, it was on my vinyl opinion. That's what so it was like. I want to have a podcast where I could play like a vinyl record once a week and you know and like rate it, but that didn't do very well. So I'm thinking, well, I was running my vinyl opinion along with Ghost in the Valley, and I thought I'll stick with Ghost in the Valley. <laughs> Even though my love for music is always because I played in a band, I still write music and record music even at my age. So I'm on a little studio in my in my basement that I do my podcasting and recording. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, so I knowing that I you know I also have a music podcast too, but that's kind of on hiatus because this one is is pretty much my baby and the music podcast for fun. So it's still out there, but I completely get it. (laughs) Based around the Cleveland and Youngstown area, but also Pennsylvania and and other locations that you've been to or have read about or heard about. And in addition to that, you also have guests, different paranormal investigators or different podcasters who talk about things that are weird or, or paranormal and others who discuss the the subject matter. In your years of doing this, do you have any paranormal researchers that you admire or really respect their work? Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few. But, uh, you know, it's like uh, everybody has their own opinion. And uh, that's one thing I I did learn doing, uh, going into podcasting is I think I was pretty close-minded as far as, like, my opinion, you know, as far as, Myself being, I do believe in God, do believe in uh, moving a spirit on. And believe me, <laughs> I've had quite a few instances where you actually go into a home and I don't use any, I did it first, but I don't anymore. I don't use any recorders or EVPs or uh, video. I, I, I can basically sense when there's something there. And when I say move the spirit on, you know, so a lot of times you go into, and I've learned this from the Catholic priest, and also my sister's a Methodist pastor, and she does basically, you know, she blesses a home, you know, with God's love or divine protection. When you're asking a, a spirit to move on, like, you know, just, it can move on to one side or the other, but the, the, what I've learned through all this was, uh, but the majority of paranormal investigators out there, I would say, aren't Christian. They're uh, atheist or agnostic. And so they don't believe in moving the spirit on. They believe in killing the spirit. So if, you, if it's when you get rid of a spirit, you're actually destroying that spirit. I don't believe that. So above, I respect their opinion. I just have a little bit different uh, view of it, you know. Right. Now, when you encounter the the paranormal, do you find that they're mostly good or evil or just conflicted in, in the I ones that... Conflict. Yeah, I would say conflicted as far as uh, uh, like the majority of the ones I've encountered were ones that were just... Like, say, if you move into a home and there's a spirit in that home, that hasn't moved on yet. And I think that's what happened in the home that we moved into when I was uh, a young teenager. 
was it was of a young girl, and I never seen the the ghost itself, but I heard the like you can hear the footsteps coming up the steps when you have carpeted steps and it's like wooden footsteps, you know. But you you can hear that you can hear the the breathing in the walls. You can hear the scratching of the walls, you know. So we heard all that, but my sister actually seen the image of the girl always standing in front of her bedroom door. Her her door was right next to mine. And she would say, do you, she would yell over to me, do you see that? And I would say, no. And, but I could see like a vision of a light go by every time I would look. And it wasn't until the day we moved out of the home, the night before we moved out, I actually seen what she was seeing. You know, so when we moved out, when my mother, because she never believed, she never believed, my mom and dad didn't believe uh, us at all. So when we were moving out, they had said to the landlord, uh, and, uh, they enjoyed living there for four or five years, but, you know, uh, the kids, us, we had claimed that the house was haunted. And she laughed about it. And I actually still remember to this, to this day the landlord saying, but they're, but they're true. And my mom was looking at him, and he says, no, there was a girl that hung herself in the, in the attic like in 1895. And she has shown herself to few of my tenants. And... She laughed it off, but my sister and I knew that there was something there. And so I think, I don't think hers was, was violent. I mean, I don't think, well, while we lived there, it was never violent. It was just, I think the young girl coming to connect herself with my sister and I could she was of the same age. And it wasn't until years later that my sister, when she was working with uh, the job she had, one of her clients came in and said he lived in the same home that we did growing up, and he asked my sister, was that house haunted when you lived there? And <laughs> it, it kind of blew my sister's mind away. You know, she called me the same night and said, you're never going to believe this, <laughs> you know. And when she told me, it's like, a, you know, chill with my spine even get old I am today, you know. I'm thinking, wow, you know. He asked her, was it violent? And my sister said, no, it was never violent. But she said, yeah, it was violent to him. That you know there was knives being thrown off the counter. I, we never went to say anything like that. You know, and then what was really weird is like you know a couple of years ago that house burned down. You know, and so, and I see that a lot where if one of the spirit turns violent, usually something bad happens to that home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's pretty you, intense. You know, you deal with a lot of. Right, you deal with a lot of stuff like you know, and when I get calls from like that from people, you know, so just for me saying, okay, uh, I'm gonna come check it out, you know, finally they have somebody that says, you know, they're not, uh, you know, batshit crazy or something like that, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Because uh, I get I get that a lot. I get people saying, you know, you know they don't believe, or you know, uh, uh, even my friends and family members say, you know, I'm off, kind of, I'm out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I I get it though. I mean, I had an experience, uh, but it was when I was young, maybe about eleven years old, and my grandfather had passed away when I was between nine and ten years old. But I was outside. It was the summer, and I swear that I saw his spirit outside telling me that it was okay, and I felt his presence, and then. Just like that, he was gone. And I know it was him because I felt the comfort of him. So I I don't know. I mean, I believe in it, but have you heard any stories related with that? Like something that it has, is similar in nature to that? Of, uh, of a past member showing themselves? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. What I get a lot is actually somebody who has passed within the within the say the past twenty four hours, say God forbid your sister or whatever passed away, and then you know, and then you hear you don't know about it, but then you get a call from her, and you find out the call came after she died. You know, so it's like your final goodbye. You know, so and it's kind of it's when you hear one person say it, you know, but then when you get twenty, thirty other stories that are same as that. I mean, it's, it, it is, 
Uh, so I, what I found was doing this podcast is it's just not in Youngstown, Ohio, or or Cleveland, Ohio. It's it's in Tampa, uh, Tampa, Florida. It's in New York, the Bronx, Australia. And I've I've got, I've got thank God I got I got uh, some very loyal followers from all around the world. You know that. So it's the same thing happening in my neck of the woods is happening in yours. Right. Agreed. <laughs> Getting back to the, the podcasting part of it, uh, what type of equipment do you use to record and edit your shows, and what's that process like? Yeah, I'm still kind of old school. <laughs> so a lot of people are still using, uh, they're using, uh, I don't know what they're using, uh, but I think most people's using like a, a nice iMac or MacBook Pro or something, something that's, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm more like, uh, uh, still have my desktop and my old computer. So the only, the only bad thing is hear my my uh, my blower kick in every now and then. But yeah, I wouldn't. I use Windows and I have uh, uh, I use a Focusrite uh, Scarlet two i two and with the Audacity editing and uh, condenser mics and also have my trusty old Sony fifty eight that I use. So how often is uh, how often is Ghosts in the Valley released? Well, when I started out, I was uh, doing it weekly, and now I'm doing it every uh, twice a month, every other week, and uh, every every other Tuesday. And hopefully, I'm back up and running here next week because I was uh, two or three months ahead on my uh, episodes, and since I was had a setback this. Uh, Past fall with uh, being uh, in a hospital surgery, I I'm kind of caught up now, <clears throat> so I have to uh, <laughs> get back in to get back, you know, and do some new episodes. But <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's uh, bi-weekly. Sorry about my throat right now. <clears throat> but I had a computer crash here a couple of days ago. Uh, Windows did an update, and uh, this last update kind of took out a lot of my files. And I contacted Windows. I had to do a complete like restore on my computer. So luckily, I saved some of some of the stuff. I could re- reinstall some of my drivers. So I hopefully I'm up and running again by next Tuesday. Wow, <laughs> that's stinks. Yeah, I try to keep my shows regular. I, that's what I found is you know, if you're regular, you don't lose too many of your your followers. And I think you, you should gain some. I said, but uh, when you're irregular, there's a few podcasts I listen to, and I love the podcast. But I, like the one I listened to, I think the last one they came out was like November 1st or something. You know, it's like, uh, and I just like a regular podcast myself. Oh, I love your podcast. I love the concepts you have on your podcast of mine. You know, because you never know what what guest you have on. You know, right? <laughs> no, you never know, and and I like to. To shake it up a little bit too, as the the more niche the better, you know. <laughs> well, I like I like the one you had on. I think I don't know when it was that uh, the guy had a music uh, century, music centuries or something. And uh, I love I like I went and listened to his podcast. I like his, his concept, but I think he should. Uh, I, I, to me, with me as being a music background myself, I thought maybe he should discuss the music playing. You know. Uh, like I think it was on the twenties. But I would like to know about the artist, about the background of that era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, centuries of sound that that released. But in. I like the uh, the different uh, topics on there. I mean, it's really cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like yours as well, and I know some of the places that you've been to or have spoken about, and even you had a paranormal investigator talking about the Algonquin Hotel and in New York City, and and mm-hmm. I, I listened to the episode where you had uh, Weird on the Rocks on. You, t- you spoke about her podcast. Her, yeah. Right, and she has a, you know, and I, I'm, You'll find out that most podcasters have other interests other than, like myself, with ghosts and spirits. I mean, I do listen to, I love uh, unsolved crime and conspiracy theories and uh, and other angles that uh, I'm looking at that, you know. And, yeah, I like the uh, the different guests I have that come.
uh, you know, it makes you don't say something that uh, maybe you touch on something maybe you didn't think about. You know, like Wood on the Rock, she has a very a unique podcast because she has a, a beverage of choice every she ties in with her episodes. You know, I thought that was pretty pretty cool. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So how has podcasting improved or changed your life in any respect? Well, uh, I've always uh, liked dealing with the public, you know, through music or I mean, playing in the band. I've uh, played for the past 40, I don't know, 50 years and uh, opened for a lot of great artists. You know, so I always liked the entertainment part. I like, uh, and I do a little bit about, since I do my own music, Editing. I, I know about the editing, and so I thought you know, that part would have been easy was for the podcasting. But the, uh, you know, actually, you know, my first episode was like, I can't believe I'm getting tongue-tied. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's weird saying you're talking to the wall when there's nobody in front of you. You know, so after a couple of episodes, I kind of got into being more relaxed on speaking. You know, with about my episode and be a little, a little more prepared on uh, what I'm talking about. So people can sense for if you're, if you're true or not, you know. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, like there's other podcasters out there that will do ghost, ghost uh, and I do listen to their podcasts, you know. Some of them will, will attack it as a, as a more of a comic side of it, you know, joke, joke about it, you know, and I, I understand, you know, and then but they'll have some pretty cool topics on there. I just hit it at a different angle with being more serious because I've seen the serious side of it. You know, I try to stay away from it. the main side of it because I had two of those encounters where I actually went to the people's home and and I stay away from that. I don't even want to uh, deal with that. But I do see with, uh, I do agree with what the Caprice told me years ago with, uh, so I was trying to squeeze out of him, you know. I made a couple, uh, uh, you know, a couple of exorcists that he may have performed, and but he didn't want anyone. He didn't want to get into that, <laughs> you know. So I assumed there was, but uh, you know, that side of it is being yeah. very careful in what you welcome into your home. You know, in other words, I mean, you can go into a home that's haunted with a spirit, and that spirit's not threatening you, but if you call upon the dark side that you shouldn't be messing with, now you're dealing with some pretty dangerous waters that uh, it's pretty tough to get out of. And that's, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I think like, the exorcist, you know, the movie, when that movie came out, it, it, it was pretty intense, you know, but when you deal with stuff in, in a real life, and that happens every day, you know, it, it's more intense on just being uh, a theatrical movie. Or oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you have to tread lightly <laughs> with with especially forces of, of bad, <laughs> you know. You know, since you've been up through the Youngstown area in Cleveland, I don't know if you know about the Newcastle, Pennsylvania area. It's not far from Youngstown. It's probably about 15. They have a, uh, a, a mansion there. They call it, well, actually called the Hill, Hillview Manor. Yeah, if you look it up on Google, it uh, has a pretty <clears throat> interesting history. Well, what I found out was a lot of these places are haunted, like what they use for ghost tours. Is the building is either or the courthouse or the museum is usually built on some type of burial ground. You know, instead of moving the body, they they just uh, they just build on top of it. You know, and so you have all these bodies that are under the building or like next to Hillview Manor. It was in insane asylum years ago. So all these people that committed suicide there or or died there, their spirit is there. On top of that, that golf course is right next to the building there, is over top of a uh, a barrel ground from the people that died in the building there. You know, so it's got some uh, interesting history, and I tried to do it a couple times. I 
Yeah, well, I, I, I've heard of it. Um, I uh, lived in a town near Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, and there was a, a famous case of a house with uh, walls with water. It wasn't anything to do with the plumbing. It, it was uh, more paranormal, and it, there were spirits in the house, and it was some sort, I believe it was some sort of historical building, but the the walls were known to turn into water at certain times oh, wow. of, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll have to uh, look it up again, but that was, that was the urban legend of my area. And, and there were quite a few different places. Stroudsburg was also near Shawnee, which was Indian reservation for quite a while. And there were hauntings in, in that area and, just quite a few different episodes that occurred in in that area just because it you know had some historical value in it so th- there are quite a few stories from the region where I grew up as well the Pocono Mountains there's, there's a lot of uh, stories out there I mean I did one on uh, on my documentary uh, called uh, Hermitage Pennsylvania actually it was on the Hogback Bridge it was in uh, Hermitage I used to well on the. I did a podcast on that, and I would get an update. When I did the documentary in '98, it was different. It had a with a wooden bridge, and did the. When I was asking for ghost stories uh, back then, I had three different ghost stories come from the same bridge. I, I thought that was ironic, you know. People didn't know each other. So many three stories that of that was of the same story. And so I did the, the documentary. It was about a girl that's on the bridge that you're driving across. I'm in a little valley. So it's a, like a regular residential neighborhood. But then it turns in from that to the road goes down to this, this little valley. And nothing's done there but this little bridge in the middle of the woods. And there's a girl that's murdered there. So her spirit comes up on the bridge at night. And... Your car will start off, and when you turn your car back on, she's in your back seat, you know. So when I did the documentary, I I hired an actress to play that part. And when I took her down there, my actor that was supposed to play the other part, the guy driving the car, he didn't show up. So she wanted a bodyguard to be there under the bridge while we're coming down filming. And cause she knew the area, she knew the legend. And I said, there ain't no problem, you know. Well, my bodyguard turned in being the actor that had to come down in the car. And I had to be in the car with him. All of a sudden, it was kind of like taping coming down the <laughs> So I left her on the bridge by herself. I don't remember how petrified she was. And when she got out of there, you know, so years later, I said, I want to do a podcast on the same thing. Well, I went back there. And the bridge has been rebuilt, and it's, it's just with a whole different feeling. You know, I thought, well, maybe it's just not haunted anymore. I don't know. You know, really, I got a message from my, uh, I advertised that my podcast is going to be on the Hotback Bridge. I got a message from a friend of mine that says, no, dude, the, the bridge is still haunted. I mean, I was just there a few nights ago, and the legend now is if you drive up to the bridge, uh, Turn your car off, put your keys on the bridge, and then a green, a green light will come up, like a lantern comes up from the bottom of the bridge. And there's nobody there. So when you take your keys and get back in your car, and she's in the back of your car. So <laughs> he's just, it happened to him, you know, it's like, but he didn't want me putting that on the podcast because he didn't, you know, why people don't want to be called crazy or whatever. But that's all you know, but I got a lot of uh, maybe two or three different stories like that after I did the podcast, you know, the same type of story, you know. But I haven't tried that yet because you have to, after midnight, you have to leave your car out for five minutes. I don't know if I would want to stand on there for five minutes by myself. Like I said, you know, when I I was doing the documentary, to me, almost every one of those shows that I did, the events that happened around the taping. It wasn't the story itself, it was what happened around the taping. You know what I'm saying? So 
it, it was, and I want to put that on a podcast of, of some of the events that happened during the taping of the event. That would be an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, you know, the behind-the-scenes moments that really happened. <laughs> Right. I mean, I had another story that was a 98 uh, documentary that uh, was on a railroad track. We just, the story, I thought, you know, my wife was trying to tell me to put that story on there because it was kind of boring. Because it was, you know, the, the guy was just, uh, the story was he just walked, he liked to walk railroad track. Yeah, it, you know, he used to his depression or whatever, and but he would just go out and walk railroad track. Said, okay, I mean, but he always would end up at the same spot he started, you know. So I did the I I put through that in there and while I'm taping the guy walking down the railroad tracks, I did some uh, research before I went out there to uh, do the taping and I asked the residents uh, around that area, was is there any trains that come on Sunday that run through there on Sunday? And they said no. One lady said I've lived here for fifteen years, there's never been a train come on Sunday. And I'm taping it on Sunday morning, so I says, well, that's cool, you know. So I set my cameras everything up on the train track. And during, I told the actor, you know, as you're walking down the track, just turn around like you see a train coming. And he was really good at it. And I heard a rumbling. I turned around, as the car going over top the tracks with their system on, you know, it's like a base. And I go, oh, I scared the crap out of me. It's like, well, let's, let's do that again. So he turned around, and I hear the rumbling again, and he turned around like this big book on stuff. He just starts running. I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, so I'll keep, and then I hear the train whistle. I turn around, my God, there's a train like 100 yards from me coming at me, you know. So I just got off the track in time for the train to go by with my camera, you know. <laughs> but I don't, after the, after the train goes by, I don't see my actor. Like, where did the train hit him, or, or where did he go? He came out of the woods. You know, and it's like, dude, that scared the crap out of me. You know, like, you know, and it was after the fact, after I did some research, I got home. Like, I called the, uh, uh, it was Penn Central, I, forgot, I think that was the name of the train. I got the number, and I called the, the uh, company. They said, no, there was no train that ran that day, you know. So the more research I did, there was no train that ran that day. Well, the train was there, so it had to come from somewhere. And then I found out that where he ran into the woods at was where just a few weeks earlier a girl was killed there and dismembered there. And he said he felt like somebody was touching him in the woods and there was nobody there. And he, that was a whole different story. I didn't put that in the episode. And on top of that, there was a, a prison break that day, and there were there were prisoners in the area that we were taping. You know, well, I'm like. So every story had, like, their own story behind the scenes, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy, all of it. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, crazy. you know, I, I get so many different stories that come my way. Like the podcast you had mentioned about different um, – some of my guests on there, uh, like, what do you talk about next? You know, well, I get a person that contacts me who has over 100 – I forget how many, 30,000 – Photos he has taken, you know, for, so paranormal photography, you know, paranormal investigators, authors, you know, of, of books and of their area. But I, want, I think next year I'm going to do someone uh, you had hit upon uh, Indian Indian burial sites or uh, burial grounds and Indian spirits, you know. So I'm going to do a couple on that because I had a lot coming my way this year had to do with uh, Indian spirits, you know. And you think about it, there's so many because the Indians always believed that every living thing had a spirit, you know. And I have some yeah. good stories coming up on, on that. Yeah, and you were discussing the relationship between the destruction of the Indian tribes and also the Salem witch trials. They, they Basically, the, the Puritans were the ones behind that that whole "Quote unquote cleansing, if you will, of uh-huh. of people that had the same belief that there is a spirit in you know in every living being." Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've found that uh, that be true of the most every person I've talked to that has uh, that deals with different tribal beliefs. You know, uh, 
thing that I knew years ago, a gentleman I used to work with, he would, every time he drank his coffee, he would, there's nothing in his coffee. There's no cream and there's no sugar. He just drank a black, but he'd always stir his coffee. And then he would bring a spoon up out of the coffee and let the coffee fall back into the cup out of the spoon. And he would go higher and higher and higher. And he's like, <laughs> he's like a foot above us. Dude, man, why are you, why are you stirring your coffee? There's nothing in it. I mean, because I'm releasing the spirits from my coffee, you know, the evil spirits. I And I just kind of looked at him kind of strange, you know, and he said, yeah, he came across a, a Indian a museum one time in his earlier days. He said back in the 40s, and an old Indian had told him at the museum that whenever you stir your coffee or before you drink any liquid, whether it be water, soda, coffee, if you uh, take that liquid and pop it, you know, stir it and just drop it back liquid, it releases the evil spirits out of that because your your coffee bean is a living spirit, you know. And it, so it, it kind of blew my mind when he, he said that. So, uh, and I got a, a story that was sent to me a few months ago, and it was basically the guy hit upon the same subject, you know. You know, so a little help things, you know, hit you at a different angle, you know, that uh, are the same story but a different way of uh, presenting it. Yeah, that's that's a neat part of it. You get to hear so many stories, but then in the end, a lot of them are tied closely together by one common factor. You know, even though even though mm-hmm. it took place at the the same area, there's always a common factor that makes them believable. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And that's one great great thing about uh, my podcast and part of yours too is you you deal with different people from different regions of the country or the, or the world that have s- such interesting stories or podcasts that, you know, it's, it's unbelievable how many uh, podcasts are out there. I mean, what they say, I want 750,000 podcasters. And I had one girl call me or she texted me and she wanted to know if uh, there's room on my podcast for her. I says, what do you, what's your podcast on? And she says, it's on uh cooking and I said well no because basically I'm on you know ghosts and paranormal and she goes well that that's cool but I said what's your cooking channel about and she said her channel was on uh, people that don't know how to cook you know so if you get married or your significant other has uh, or yourself doesn't have any experience in cooking <laughs> you know, uh, she was surprised on her first episode was on how to boil a hot dog. You know, I said, "Are you serious?" She goes, "Yeah, I mean, uh, you put you boil the water, you put your hot dog in the you know in the water, you boil a hot dog, and and it, she, her first episode, she got ten thousand hits. You know, ten thousand. I was like, "You got to be curious. You got to be kidding me, man." I mean, <laughs> so it's just simple things. You'd be surprised that you know some people don't know how to uh, make an egg or make soup or I mean so she starts off simple and and they actually listen to her fly. I thought that's that's cool. I mean you know that, I didn't <laughs> think that would fly, you know, but I guess it's uh really popular. <laughs> well I I thought that uh, that was amusing. I mean I think it's very cool that you know of that that kind of podcast exists. But Secondly, I was just going to say she probably had a hundred thousand downloads of how to boil a oh, hot right. dog or, or how to microwave a cup of soup or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, <All right. laughs> that, that's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny and interesting. I'll have to look for her. But <laughs> the the cool thing about my show is that I could have someone on like that, and then the next week I could do a, an episode on. I don't know, polyamory or the hobbies or basketball or sitcoms from Australia or whatever. That that's the very cool part about my show. But there's a whole like like you mentioned before, there's a whole like common thread behind it. There's a reason why people got into podcasting when they did or or why they did and it all 
comes down to a love of, of what they're talking about and wanting to share it with with people or they were in broadcasting before or were in a band because I many of the podcasters that I know have been or still are musicians and are doing the, the, another thing to you know either occupy their time with something fun or because they love a, a different topic that they want to talk about which I think is really cool also. And I, I think the whole community as a whole, the podcasting community, is very supportive of one another. Would you agree with that for the oh, most part? Absolutely, 100%. 100%, yeah. I think, you know, like yourself, you know, you was talking about the the gentleman with his uh, music centuries. You know, I, and, and you hit upon, I think you said your your grandmother was uh, worked for RCA. Uh yeah, I, thought, I believe that's correct, right? Yeah. And so you know, so people like yourself, and I said, well, you know, you you do find out that people that's in uh, broadcasting or or podcasting or they have some type of music background, whether they play music or whether somebody in the family's in music or the media, and it so it does lead you to uh, radio or which I think so cool about podcasting is. My, like myself, you know, I can listen to your show or somebody else's show while I'm in the car going, I got an hour drive somewhere so I can put on something that I can listen to without going through 20 minutes of commercials, you know, which led me to another thing, like, should you or should you not uh, monetize your, your, your podcast? You know, so I'm not even weighing that. I have a hard time charging somebody or asking somebody to pay for something I love doing or I'm honored to have you even being a follower or a listener, you know, and, but then I, I, I like one guy had put it to me, you know, if a person's out there willing to pay a hundred thousand dollars for $125,000 for a banana to a wall at a museum, you know, at an auction, <laughs> if he can pay $125,000 for a, a banana, you think he could pay maybe a couple of bucks for my podcast. I'm thinking, well, I just like asking people for money. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm, I'm tossed and, up on still doing that. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it depends on the podcaster themselves or if, you know, if, if they want to create an empire out of their podcast, I give them 1,000% of my support, and that's great if they, they want to monetize their podcast and um, get money from sponsorships or from valued listeners who will, you know, donate $5 a month for bonus content. I'm all for that. But me personally, I can't ask someone to hand over their money for something that <laughs> I enjoy doing. And I feel that the, the content should be free. And I changed my mind. That That's that's you know, also up to me, but at this point, I don't feel like going that route, so. Right, I agree. Uh, I think what hurt my podcast, if anything, was uh, me changing host uh, three times in one year, you know, so I did lose some listeners that way, because I had such a, uh, a hard time getting my on the one post transferred to the new one, you know, it was, it was, it was uh had difficult time. I, so that, that little law in action kind of cost me quite a few listeners. Uh, so I got back on track. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the perils of podcasting is, uh, especially when you're first starting, you have to find your groove and it takes some time before you get there. And if you have to change hosts, you have to change hosts. And if you have to change your format a little bit, you have to change your format a little bit. Or uh, I, there could be a multitude of things. It's just that you have to find what's comfortable for you because in essence, it's your show and you have to feel comfortable with the content that you're putting out and with all of the other surrounding uh, factors such as promotion or uh, whether it's cross promotion or getting the name out there on uh, social media like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. So I 
I think that you yeah, I kind of agree. You know, I mean, you have you have to push yourself. I mean, not, nothing's going to come at you for I mean, for free or fast. I mean, so you have to work. One person that asked me, "What what do you do to gain uh, follow?" I mean, to me, I, I don't like looking at the numbers, or I'm not going to stop podcasting because I dropped a you know a thousand listeners, whatever. I'm going to keep doing it because I like doing it. Or if I have somebody that's two or three followers that that uh, that way each other every other Tuesday. That's when mine comes out every other Tuesday. So that they don't see us like you know I get on this. I'm like, where where you, is something wrong? <laughs> you know. But it, it is nice knowing you have people out there that do listen and do follow you. And it is even better when you find out there's people from different parts of the country or other countries that that listen to you and enjoy what you're what you're talking about you know but i do think people know if you're genuine or not so if if you if you have a podcast that you're just playing around with for of a as a joke or whatever i mean people, people can basically detect that i mean i can so it's like if i'm listening to a podcast and and i and i'm driving for 20 minutes and it's really not, not getting anywhere and i something else you know yeah or something that's not uh interesting yeah i tend to agree with that i think that if the host or hosts whether there is one person solo doing it or five or six people sitting around a, a table with a cup of coffee talking about a movie that they love you can sincerely tell if what they're talking about is something that they're passionate about. Some people, I think, get into podcasting just for the simple fact that they think that they're going to get rich quick with an idea that they have. And no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no. There's a lot of work behind it, too, as I mentioned before, with cross-promotion and social media and just networking in general. You have to really, you know, stick your foot out there and say, hey, look, I'm here too, along with all the 750,000 others out there. Here's what I have to say, and maybe you'll like it. And maybe they won't. Maybe my content isn't what they're looking for, or maybe my voice is something that they don't like. That's fine. You can move on to another podcast, but, you know, Mm -hmm. Knowing that I have a couple of people who listen to me on a regular basis is satisfying too. So I'll keep on doing it just for for that. Yeah, I had I, yeah, I, I agree. You know, or I, I had one person tell me that I don't really like like your podcast because you sound like you're just monotone. You're not really you don't add no enthusiasm to your podcast. So, well, thank you very much. You know. <laughs> but then I, I was thinking about maybe I should just change it up and be a little more jokester, you know. And, and then I then a few days later I got somebody telling me, man, I love your podcast. I love the your your voice. I was like, oh okay. I mean, I'll stop you play this, you know. So you know, yeah, to everybody around. So I I, I would just say be true to yourself, you know. You know, right. Please, if you're happy be true doing to what yourself. you're doing, then mm-hmm. right, right, and and you'll be true to the listeners too. Right, and that's right, that's right. what keeps them coming back, you know. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. in any way, is there anything that has been extremely challenging about podcasting for you? Uh, not really. I mean, at first there was, you know, but I, I think now it's just basically. I mean, before I was having like, what content should I put on there? You have different opinions, different people believe, like, you know, difference between a ghost or a spirit or a poltergeist or a demon, uh, an orb. You know, so, so much to talk about. So, and even when you talk about, there's different opinions on each subject. You know, some person might have a different opinion on uh, a spirit, like I believe in moving the spirit on. Another person, you don't move it on because there is no heaven or hell. You know, so, so there's, there's different opinions. Which is cool. I mean, that's 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 the way life is. But uh, I don't know. I, I it, it's just so much to talk about. And so when I did an episode this past year on uh, the UFO uh, section, 
person that had, had texted me and said, you know, that really has nothing to do with paranormal. I says, well, it 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 could, you know, I, or but to me it was uh, in the valley. So it was in my valley. It was in Trumbull County, Ohio, where this uh, UFO activity took place in 1994. And you can uh, YouTube it or Google it. It's on there on Trumbull County UFO. And my thing was basically the cover-up of the whole thing. And was it uh, outer space? Was it something the government did? And it's, it was a four-part series. And I was basically warned during that time not to put that one on from the military base that it happened over. So I was basically told that it was still, uh, I don't want to say under wraps, you know, but it was still uh, highly, highly uh, classified. And so, and I knew people at that time when it happened about these UFO sightings over my county that that worked for the law enforcement. There was uh, 15 different law enforcement agencies chasing these things, which I find totally astounding, you know. And yet, why wasn't it on TV? If you have uh, hundreds of people calling in seeing what they're seeing, if you have a police chief from major uh, cities and townships reporting what they're chasing, if you have a news crew that's out there taping it, and yet it's not on TV, it's not on the news, why? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And so I put, I put that as a four-part series. And uh, thinking maybe it didn't fit under the paranormal guidelines, but it's one of my uh, most popular episodes. <laughs> but you know, I didn't do a follow-up on that yet. So it, it was uh, that was that was an inter- interesting one to do because I knew the background of it, and I knew it happened in my area, and I knew people at that time that actually seen it that worked for the law enforcement. A friend of mine was a uh, police officer for the county's chasing this thing. And so I knew at the time his, his uh, recollection of it was and uh, what he had to put in his, re- in his uh, police report was totally different than what he saw. So when the, uh, I would say like the Homeland Security type of uh, incident where they came into the Ohio State Patrol, the uh, 14 different other uh, agencies that were following it. So they're all all taken into a room and they're all, all told to report that it was a, a weather balloon. Well, there was no way in hell it was a weather balloon because uh, I had never seen a weather balloon go from zero to a thousand miles an hour. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but right. it, it was, uh, and, it, and, it, and it traveled over a, a, an interstate for 15 minutes and then was like out of sight in five seconds. So, so it, it definitely was not a weather balloon, but they had to report <laughs> it was a weather balloon. And why oh would gosh. your uh, if you get a chance to, to YouTube that you should because it's uh, oh I will <laughs> pretty pretty, inter- pretty interesting on what the police officers themselves saw. You know, so I, I did a four part episode and I thought that was should I shouldn't I uh, moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I just went ahead and did it. And, uh, oh, that's, so, yeah, that's there's, I, really neat. I think there'll be a lot more more coming up that'll. So I, I do look forward to that. I thought, what what story will be next, or what should I pick next? And I'm still uh, looking for guests to come on the show and explain their relationship with the paranormal or events, or know somebody that knows something. Right, because there are plenty of believers and people that may be skeptical, too. I I think probably would be interesting to have on the show also to to explain why they don't believe in something like that and, and give their reasoning, because there are plenty of people who are like that, too. You don't, you don't understand why, because, I mean, coming from, from me, like I mentioned before, I believe in in paranormal and unusual activity. So <laughs> I guess it depends. Like you said, everyone has an opinion, and it may be different than yours, but that's okay. That's the way the world works. So 
Right. You know, and I have uh, even family members will tell me they, they'll, they'll believe they goes when it comes up and kicks them in the butt, you know. So it's to each their own. I mean, you usually, usually don't believe in something unless you, unless it happens to you. Or, right. you know, so you're going to be very skeptical. I found out on a couple times I did, uh, like, was a speaker at a seminar, and a lot of the people say they don't they don't believe, or they'll tell you right up hand, I don't believe any any of that. And that's that's cool, you know, that's your opinion, you know. But the, why is it they stick around for the whole time, or even after the fact, they ask you questions after the seminar is over, you know? Right. So <laughs> it's like they don't believe, but they. <laughs> but why are they there? They, right, they're <laughs> curious, you know. Right. <laughs> They don't believe, but they're there because they're curious. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that deep down they probably do believe. They just – something else comes out of their mouth. So, (laughs) Uh like, I don't believe. So (laughs) anyone that says, I don't believe in, you know, in a preface, they probably do believe. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, yeah, I try, uh, I, I, I try to stay away from ones that are like I, – I do get a lot on Ouija boards, uh, seances, black magic, uh, witchcraft, any of that stuff. Okay, like uh, uh, the priest had told me years ago, you know, uh, don't – if you have a Ouija board in your house, I remember him telling me that to, to get rid of it. Anything where you've got to call on a spirit that shouldn't be called upon, you're going to invite evil into your home. And once you do that, once you start getting further and further into that, it's it's, it's hard to get away from it. It's hard to get that out, out of you. And I have seen that where people have uh, – they're obsessed with uh, with evil. I haven't seen the show yet, Evil, you had mentioned about earlier. But once you do get uh, – once you cross that line, I, 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 I remember him leaning really close to me in, the, in his office, and he was so dead serious on, you know, watch where you step. So when I do go on or I get different stories and go different places, I am very careful on uh, – some people, they, they love the dark side. They love the the danger, you know. Yeah, so they're compelled to see how far they could go. And in your uh, opinion, it's better not to cross that path and awaken something that could be destructive. (laughs) Well, in my opinion, yeah, because you are dealing with heaven or hell. And in their opinion, if there is no hell, they're a little more uh, uh, on that side of it uh, because you don't believe in hell anyway. So they're just dealing with an, an evil force. Well, uh, I, I, I just see it differently, you know. And I think that when right. you listen to, I think I did an interview with a gentleman out of uh, New York. I think his view is uh, a little different from mine. But uh, I do respect his opinion, you know. And I found out after that interview was he was right. I mean, the, the majority of the paranormal investigators out there are – non-believers in uh, Christianity or some type of spiritual following followers. Wow. <laughs> very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. How can people find Ghosts in the Valley on social media or listen to the podcast? Well, I'm on all the major uh, download sites, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, all the all where you can find most of your uh, podcasting sites, I should be there. <laughs> also, you can uh, email me at uh, cooley54 at gmail dot com if you have a story or, or or if you'd like to be on the show. That's very cool. Well, I'll continue to listen. Before we go, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share? with people listening to this podcast who are just discovering yours or people who follow Ghosts in the Valley regularly and wanted to know more information? Yeah, I mean, I, I thank everybody for listening to my podcast. I, if you are curious, you know, check out Ghost in the Valley. 
uh, at any of the downloaded sites at iTunes or or any other ones, on, or send me a message at the Gmail, Police54. And yeah, I would welcome your story or your thoughts or yourself on a future interview. And thank you very much for listening. Well, thank you again, you Al, for, for me, joining uh, me. And thank you for letting me uh, be on the show today. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it or, too. Or if you yourself like uh, to be on my show, <laughs> that'd be great. If you have a ghost story to share. You know. <laughs> well, like I mentioned before, I just had that encounter with my grandfather, but there are uh, some uh, instances in the area where I grew up that I could probably share with, with you and your listeners, too. Oh, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. And thanks to everyone listening to your podcast or mine. We'll chat soon. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast.